Hey folks, uh, this is a podcast, it's called The Tuck Rule, it's about football, uh, and this is episode one, so uh, if you didn't know what you were listening to, now you do. This is the first football podcast um, for chasers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think The Tuck Rule is, is a crock personally, okay? <laughs> Too bad you guys screwed that tuck rule up. That one doesn't count. Huh? Huh? Play's over with. Come on now. You never get over that. That'll be ever. He's scarred forever. That'll be on his headstone. Hey folks, uh, this is the Tuck Rule. It's a football podcast. The first football podcast for men. Uh, I'm Victoria, uh, at DirtbagQueer on Twitter. You might know me from. Uh, and I'm here to talk some sports with my friend Katie. Say what's up, Katie. What's up? Actually, no, not what's up. But anyways, I'm at Kates of Heaven on Twitter. Um, you will probably not know me as much as Victoria, but in the coming weeks you will. And I hope that you like this podcast. Hell yeah. So this is the first episode of this thing, obviously. We're going to talk some football, we're going to have some fun, uh, but obviously because it's August, uh, we're just going to take this week to uh, do some introductions, talk about what we want this show to be, um, and have people kind of know where we're coming from and know where we want to go. Uh, we're probably going to talk about some news after that, so stick around. I don't think this is going to be a particularly long one, but you know, have some fun here in August. So I think uh, I wanted us to sort of mention our backgrounds with the sport, uh, given our uh, unique backgrounds, I would say. Yeah. Um, just a uh, very normal football podcast in every way, I would say. <laughs> um, so, uh, hi, I'm Victoria. Um, I'm from Buffalo, which means if you're from Buffalo, uh, you're born into the cult of... Uh, being a Bills fan and you don't really have much of a choice. If I was smarter, I almost certainly would have either not gotten into football as a kid or I would have gotten into, like, you know, a cool team. Um, so, yeah, uh, I've been a Bills fan for pretty much my entire life, um, pretty casually as a kid because I was more into, like, baseball and NASCAR. But um, kind of as I got into adolescence, uh, really started focusing on football. Uh, I played a little bit in high school. I wasn't any good. Um and I didn't like it very much. Turns out you have to like hitting people to like be good at football. That wasn't really my thing. And after I quit, I was still really into the sport, so I thought maybe for a brief moment that I might get into coaching. Absolutely not. Did not really pursue that in any serious way. Uh, at which point I decided, well, if I really like football and I don't want to be involved with the sport that way, maybe I could be a writer because uh, I'd done some writing before. I was like, yeah, sure, I could do that. So I blogged a little in college. I didn't really like it that much. Um, so these days, I'm a I write fiction and poetry, and uh, I've sort of come back to football via Twitter, following some cool people on Twitter, and getting more into like X's and O's stuff. So I'm somewhat of a uh, somewhat of a like um, self-taught football nerd, still learning, and not interested in becoming like a genius or anything. But yeah, I'd say that that's roughly where I'm coming from. How about you, Katie? Well, I grew up in Knoxville, so naturally, I am the biggest Tennessee Vols fan in the entire world. Um, I grew up when they were really fucking good, like, up there with Florida and Nebraska, and I know I'm sounding like an old hag, but yeah, I grew up in that era, 
when we were winning like 10 games a year and you finish in the top 10, that's just what you're supposed to do. I just, you know, I saw the national championship year in 98 and then, and then some amnesia kicked in for the last 20 years and I don't remember any Tennessee football. Certainly they are still as good, still as successful and, and are still competing for national championships, right? Um, sort of. No, not really. <laughs> no, Aww, not, not at shit. all. Not at all. So, I grew up in Knoxville, so obviously I'm a Tennessee Vols fan. My pro football fandom is a little bit more interesting because when I first started watching football as a kid, the Titans weren't in Tennessee. Like, they were still the Houston Oilers. So, I grew up a Green Bay Packers fan, which is... um. Looking back, very unfortunate. Um, it's even more unfortunate because my favorite player back then was Brett Favre, who is now very notably a huge chud. So that turned out to be a great decision by young Katie. Um, you know, and then the Titans came, and I've been a Titans fan basically ever since they moved here. So saw the Super Bowl in 99, saw the Music City Miracle, which, sorry. Sorry, Victoria. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um I was a small baby, so it's okay. Hey, well, that works. So, <laughs> I played a little peewee football when I was 9 or 10. I played a couple years in high school, although calling that playing is very um, inaccurate because it's more fair to say that I practiced a lot and um, sat on the bench for most games because, as it turns out, even though I was kind of a big girl, like Victoria, you actually have to like hitting people, and I was never particularly aggressive or good at that. So I think at that point I knew, well, I'm going to do some football coaching. Um, so I spent most of my 20s trying to break into that. Um, so I have a pretty good knowledge of X's and O's. Not particularly the best, I would say. Like, I'm not like, I don't think like I'm a genius or anything, but I know my way around pretty well from that perspective that's what i ended up doing and before i transitioned that's basically all i wanted to do um as far as like writing goes i mean i have i have some experience like i have some failed newsletters and i've had some i have a side or two that i tried to get up for writing about football and it didn't work so naturally i'm just kind of here vibing on Twitter now, watching football and getting very angry at it most of the time. So that's fun. Yeah. Your experience of um, of playing ball in high school is exactly like mine in terms of uh, doing a lot of practicing um, and not doing anything uh, on a, well, for us it was Saturday afternoons because we broke up here. We don't, no, we definitely don't have field lights, but you know. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> It really does. Uh, it makes it, like, at least 75% less uh, less cool. So, yeah, that is kind of where we're coming from. Uh, so, in terms of uh, what we want this show to be, we're going to do one episode a week, we think. Uh, shoot for midweek. So, we're going to talk a little about the week that just transpired and probably some about the week upcoming. But, you know, we'll, uh, we don't really have a, like, super set... Um, format yet like we're gonna roll what we feel like we want to do and what we think works which i think is um best way to go from the start instead of trying to like peg uh some round pegs into square holes oh i think it's the other way around anyway <laughs> so while we are both devastatingly smart beautiful geniuses uh we don't want to get uh too weedsy all the time uh 
it's fun to nerd out, but like, you know, we want to have fun. We want to keep it relatively light. And, uh, yeah. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add here? Um, I just, I don't really have any... I, I think you covered the bases pretty well. Like, we just, we want this to be a fun podcast, a live podcast, something that, you know, you enjoy listening to on a, on a weekly basis, we hope. So, it's fun, and that, you know, it, it's something to look forward to. That's, that's the big thing. Yeah. We also, um, we have common interests outside of football, so sometimes we might deviate a little bit, uh, and that's fine. We're having fun. And... Also, uh, we both agree that we don't want to go mega long. There's a lot of podcasts that are, like, mega fucking long. Yeah. Uh, uh, the way that my brain works is, uh, things that are shorter are easier for me to, like, handle. So, if we could avoid going over an hour, I think that would be pretty ideal. Yeah. Uh, my ADHD brain does not take that very well when it's over 60 minutes, so, yeah. So, um... Yeah, uh, I think that's all we have for uh, show business. We are flying right now. So yeah, uh, there's there's like uh, a little something to talk about. It's August, so football is just around the corner. It's the most... I wouldn't say it's the most irritating part of the of the like NFL and college football news cycle. Well, college football, maybe. It isn't the, the dead of the offseason, but like we've only seen the Hall of Fame game in the NFL, and college football is still weeks away. So, but there is stuff to talk about fun stuff in college football obviously um well you know texas and oklahoma obviously uh moving on over to the sun belt uh <laughs> starting in 2025 uh is obviously that's big uh it'll yeah. be fun to see what texas and oklahoma do in the big sky conference i don't know if we want to get into the weeds on realignment here in episode one uh, i'm gonna toss not. that to you though uh okay. absolutely not i hate realignment in general so <laughs> Unless you want to hear me rant about it, I mean, I can do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm totally fine turning you loose. If, you know, you want to be turned loose, but uh, we could, you know, we could also save that for our college-focused preview episode that we're going to be doing here pretty soon. Uh, yeah. So. We, yeah. Well, we can do that. I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about NIL here. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because the NIL decision back in July basically means that. Players can get paid as long as it's not by the schools themselves. So they can take out, like, endorsements, like, you know. And we saw, like, all these weird little endorsements that these players are getting all throughout July and August. Like, I think Bo Nix, who's quarterback at Auburn, um, got, like, a sponsorship deal for um, Milo's Iced Tea, which is the most southern thing I can possibly think of in the entire universe. But, um... (laughs) And I think Alabama's quarterback has already made something like something close to a million dollars without actually playing a meaningful snap yet, which fuck yes. Yes. Get that bag. Go off. Yeah, just get that fucking bag, but like it's it's by far and away the most momentous thing that's happened to college football certainly in my lifetime, probably since the Oklahoma versus NCAA decision about 40 years ago, back in 1983. Um fundamentally altered i think how college football is going to work in some ways i think it'll be the exact same because like these players getting paid it was already sort of happening behind the scenes it just you know it's better for them to like get actual checks instead of like getting bags of like fucking ten thousand dollars and a fucking a fucking taco bell bag at eleven thirty at night that- oh yeah well uh I was, I was about to say uh didn't tennessee's 
didn't uh god what was his name pruitt uh yes. didn't he just was, get fired literally because of a mcdonald's sack um, full of like bills not officially but yeah it was something in that nature like you know like Booster's handing over cash to recruits at, you know, in a fucking McDonald's bag at 11.30 at night. Like, that already happened, so I don't think it's changed from that perspective. I think more that the marketing and how college football is going to market its players may change. And some of that is obviously very good. I mean, I'm, fair warning, I'm distinctly anti-capitalist, so... I, li- I do like now that the players can actually get compensated some for their labor, which is always a great thing. It's been happening for years, but now it's over the table and it's more legitimized. And it's something that I think overall benefits the game, which I think it's the only thing that's benefited the game that we've yep. seen in the last 12 months. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, I want to stress right now uh in episode one that this podcast supports athletes collecting the bag it does not matter who um it does not matter which athletes are collecting the bag yeah Uh, it does not matter whether it is legally or illegally in the case of you know cam newton getting like one hundred and eighty thousand dollars from mississippi state and then going to auburn or whatever it was Uh, that ain't a written contract uh, (laughs) it don't matter yeah exactly uh this podcast supports all players getting paid. This is not going to be a a PFF situation in which we argue that like that like no running backs should like should like ever make more than like six million dollars a year or whatever the fuck. We are gonna we are gonna celebrate everyone getting what they deserve. Absolutely. So NIL, as much as it is weird and unregulated, and I'll be curious to see how it's reined in. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure Louisville's athletic department already today has announced its intent to stop their students from becoming barstool athletes something like that uh which is kind of nuts yeah. uh the ncaa wrote this for there to be minimal regulation so it'll, this upcoming year will be interesting to see sort of where schools and the various regulatory bodies put up the like boundaries of like what's cool yeah and uh what is it? Yeah, it's like, just full disclosure, I mean, I do support, like, not having Barstool in the game at all. I mean, I know it could be a source of income for athletes that need it, but, like, those people are just total shitbags. I don't want them anywhere near sports in general, so. Yep. Uh, it's excellent, excellent news out of the MLB yesterday. Great. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah. Dave Portnoy will probably be our bosses someday. I'm just going to speak that out into existence why would you why that that like you you are manifesting like (laughs) you're manifesting the gates of hell like on this podcast and it's not even we're not even however long we've been going through it oh boy so yeah um other than that uh i think that we're both in agreement that um college football preview season sucks yes is boring i I, Um, nobody cares about i just i can't find it like I love this sport. Like, I love college football way more than... Well, I shouldn't say way more than the NFL. I love it more than the NFL. But I just... I can't... I can't care at all about, like, preseason previews about who's going to break out at which position because it's functionally useless and you'll figure it out anyways in, like, two or three weeks anyways. Like, into the season. So... I will say, though, uh, we have not unveiled my master plan for this college football season. Oh, God. Um, which is... 
Uh, I am also uh, quite a big college football fan. The difference is that where I'm from, there isn't really a culture of much of it at all. So um, in order for someone like from where I am to get into it, they kind of have to like seek it out. Or, you know, uh, maybe they go somewhere for college. It feels like everyone from Buffalo went to, went to like, Penn State or Syracuse. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I know. And uh, uh, came back and, like, brings it with them. Because, like, the University of Buffalo, uh, as cool as they've been lately, and, yeah. like, as much as the historically city, they, like... Yeah, like, historically, the Buffalo, the University of Buffalo has been not good. No. I will say that the, like, city in general usually rallies around them whenever they do show some signs of life. Like, this town loved Khalil Mack. This town was furious when the Bills traded up in the first round in 2014 and did not take Khalil Mack. Like, people will still get mad about that when they pass on him for Sammy Watkins. Which, yeah, they probably should have taken Khalil Mack. Yeah, probably. Um, as much as I've been a fan of college football from afar, I've never really had a team other than, like, you know, I want Buffalo to do well. That's not my alma mater. My alma mater does not play football. Um, Unfortunate, but so, understandable. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, like, we did up until, like, 2002, and it was, like, it was a real disaster. We were, uh, I guess at the time it would have been Division One AA, and it was just not good. Like, it like it had been years since we won more than, like, two games, like, and it was just losing money. Worthless. Football's stupid. It shouldn't be played. And so, like, kind of every year for college football, I pick a new team. Or, it's more like I pick several teams and kind of have them on my mood board uh, because I think their vibes are good. And so I just kind of, like, follow them. Like, I've spent a lot of time in my life cheering for Arkansas and oh. Washington State under Michael Leach. And just kind of, like, floating around year by year and, like, glomming onto teams that I think are fun. And this year, because of this podcast that we're doing and because of who Katie is, I am declaring myself, for at least this season, a Tennessee Volunteers fan. Hell yeah. Um, we love that. This is I, she can't this is see a great it. decision for my health. No, yeah, it'll be great. Like you'll you'll be drunk like three games in. It'll be fine. It'll be it'll be just like the Bills. Yeah. Um I mean the Bills have been to a conference championship game far more recently than Tennessee. God damn it. Uh, wonderful, perfect. Um so I actually have been reading some some preview stuff on the Vols. Because I want to, you know, I want to know who we got. Uh, you know, I found out not too long ago that one of my uh, local mutual followers, shout out Taylor, someone else in my like deranged corner of like Buffalo Sports Twitter is is also a Tennessee fan. So like we have that going. So yeah, we're gonna do that. Uh, I'm sure that Tennessee is gonna be really good this year. Um, they aren't rebuilding with a brand new uh, overhyped coach. How so, dare yeah, I'm how just, dare you? How dare you? <laughs> uh, I am I am all aboard the I am all aboard the Josh Heupel train, all aboard the hype train. Uh, that makes yeah. one of us. That that makes one of us. Um, yeah. <laughs> Someone on Twitter once said that Josh Heupel looks like Ryan Nanny if Ryan Nanny had gone into football coaching, and I've just <laughs> never not thought about that. Um, oh God! <laughs> it's so, so yeah. Uh, go balls. Uh, and that'll be it for uh, college football talk from us until uh, there's actually games being played, I think. Or, no, yeah. uh, until we do our preview podcast, whenever we choose to do that. Go balls, and I would sing Rocky Top, but nobody ever wants to hear my singing voice, so there we go. I have listened to Rocky Top 
a, like more times than I should this week. It whips. Frankly, it does. It whips. It's great. It's it. It's the only fight song about doing bad things to federal agents. So there's exactly. I someone in my family uh, used to listen to Rocky Top for some reason, not from Tennessee, but was just in, was just uh, into country, uh, and I would hear it like as a kid, and I was like, "Damn, that song whips!" It and does. then kind of getting more into college football and being like, "Oh, cool, Tennessee uses that. It's awesome. We love Rocky Top here. We do." Um, so. I think with that, it's time to leave college football behind, at least for the moment, and talk a little about college football's primarily northern older brother, or I guess younger brother, you could argue, yeah, uh, the National Football League. So the NFL is, uh, is a little more my bag because of where I come from, but we are still pretty early in preseason, and most of the storylines so far uh, have been about vaccination. Um, so Our favorite thing to talk about. Air, it, yeah, know. just excellent vibes coming out of the NFL right now, for sure. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's great when Kirk Cousins says, you know, just wrap me up in a fucking plexiglass box like I'm the fucking bubble boy. Like, just, just fuck oh me up. Oh, my God. God, it's just, I think, like, football guy brain is, like, a very observable thing. And this vaccination stuff has, like, really drawn it out of, like, a lot of people. Yeah, like, it's it's very, you know, the NFL in general is doing a pretty good job with the vaccination rates, but the players that aren't vaccinated love to tell you they're not vaccinated, or love to imply it, at least. I mean, like I said, we were talking about Cole Beasley, who is up there with your team, who literally... Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> literally, love that guy. He's great. My favorite. Uh, it's... It's cool because he thinks that he's, like, very valuable to the national... The, like, he thinks that he's the best slot receiver in the league. He said that. He thinks that he's, like, very valuable to what the Bills do, which is funny because you can spend a fifth-round pick on Hunter Renfro and get, like, the same exact player. (laughs) It's true. It is true. I mean, oh, I hope that boy finds a cure for his derangement very soon. Uh, And, like, the quarterback who the Bills just uh, agreed to pay... A quarter of a billion dollars who is um very talented at football but is about as uh he's not very smart no over on bill's on on like my corner of bill's twitter uh we have a habit of calling him golden retriever quarterback um <laughs> i've always found that that fits very well because he gets real excited uh he just wants pets uh and uh sometimes if a whole bunch of people are yelling and running around uh he gets a little bitey uh <laughs> So, so he's not wearing a mask like during press conferences. So that pretty much indicates that he's vaccinated. But he refuses to like talk about it. He's ashamed. He he's ashamed shame. he's vaccinated. That's the problem. He's ashamed he's vaccinated. Which is just like the most backwards ass insane logic that I could possibly think of. Excellent, Josh. Love that. If we want to take it to Baltimore, like I cannot think of a football team that has given me better vibes than. Baltimore during Lamar Jackson's M- yeah, uh, such MVP a fun season. Team. Such a fun team to watch. Was- and, like, you know you're getting something very interesting out of them. And then Lamar Jackson decides to um, not get vaccinated or at least tell people it's a personal choice, which it's very much not a personal choice. But go off, fam. Multi- he has had COVID multiple times. And someone asked him, being like, hey, you know, like, since you've had COVID multiple times, do you think you might get vaccinated? And he was like, yeah, like, 
I think having it twice might make me, like, consider it a little bit. It's just like, oh, great. <laughs> Excellent, Lamar. Like, I, uh, just from the, from his Heisman season at Louisville, which is, like, one of the most incredible things that I've ever, like, seen an athlete do. He was ridiculous. Um, yeah, he was totally ridiculous. I've never, he's a better Michael Vick. Like, that's the way to describe him. I, I hate to say it again, but I, I don't remember Michael Vick's college career. But for me, it's, like, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow are, like, the three best, like, quarterbacks who I've seen cook over, like, a, like, 12-game period. Yeah. It's just nuts. And with how awesome he was during the MVP season, it's just, like, seeing that guy just go out there and just just putrid, putrid vibes. And, like, today, uh, Rashad Bateman, who's awesome, we love Rashad Bateman here, he gets hurt. In, in training camp and it's just like these bad vibes are spreading and like poisoning everyone around him. Vaccine stuff sucks. We hate it uh, and we don't want to talk about it for much longer I think. No. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> so other than that uh, we have the Hall of Fame game. That's um, uh, it was uh, it, it is arguably the most preseason that the NFL gets. Professional football players uh, are running around on a high school field and just like no one of any note that isn't named Najee Harris is playing in this thing. And uh, yeah, so, but we have actual uh, slightly more interesting, hopefully, preseason coming up this week, which is fun. Yeah, I would say that for me, the highlight of training camp so far has been uh, watching coaches show their whole ass. Oh, yeah. Just there are several figures that I think have like really stolen the limelight um joe judge for me has been the field one because you know he's, he's been coaching his team like someone who just saw friday night lights for the first time and just said this is a great way to coach a team or the junction boys actually the junction boys is probably more apt <laughs> yeah um it is i tweeted that joe judge was running his nfl team like a jv squad and giants fans went fucking nuts in my mentions. They love that weirdo. They do. They I love was, Joe Judge. I was reading a blog the other day, and, like, the amount of just pure energy defending him is just something that I'm not re- sure I've really seen it before, at least with an NFL team. In college, you see it a lot more with fans who are just, like, so into a guy that they just defend him constantly, even if he fucks up. But I've never seen that with an NFL coach too much, and I think Joe Judge may be one of the first. And that's a very... It's very interesting. I'll say it like that. What is mind-boggling about it to me is that he hasn't shown anything. Like, no. he took a 4-12 and team and made them 6-10. and Congratulations, no one's ever done that before. <laughs> um, and, like, yeah, this is the guy who became head coach of an NFL team and said well, I gotta hire Jason Garrett. <laughs> like, that's what I gotta do immediately, right? Yeah. It's just, like, man, like, what? It's just, put- like, they've had, like, at least three players retire? Yeah, I think it, yeah, it, I think it's actually a little more than that, but I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. I mean, I remember Zach Fulton, because Zach Fulton played here, I think. So. Yeah. Zach Fulton was, like, he got, like, a decent-sized contract from the Texans not long ago. Uh, it didn't go very well, but... <laughs> Uh, like, he was an NFL-caliber player who probably could have kept playing for a little while here. Yeah. And, uh, nope, instead, Joe Judge broke him, and now he's going back home. It's really something. And, like, 
there was sentiment in the someone tweeted out the story about Zach Fulton retiring and like the like Giants fans sentiment that I saw was like well you know whoever's left over it's gonna be the toughest team in the league <laughs> it's like fucking great excellent very ju- I cannot wait yeah very junction boys where you know oh well Texas A&M went two and eight that year but then they won the Cotton Bowl the next year but like it's not 1955 anymore and it's not college yeah. football you can't do that shit they are professional athletes who get paid uh, hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. And if you just, like, yell at them and scream at them and, like, abuse them, they'll be like, nah, I'm just going to go home. I got money. Like, I, you know, I can just go do whatever I want. It's ugh, it's really something. Um, in terms of other coaches that I think have uh, stolen my heart, Mike Zimmer... I think he I think he might like have a heart attack next week. <laughs> it is it is it is incredible to watch him because like I've always been kind of like I think I'm generally distrustful of of like defensive coordinators who become head coaches in general because I'm like you're probably like an idiot. Like you're probably just like Yeah, I, I football brain. Yeah, I mean defensive coordinators in general more often than not have the very um like you said, the football brain in them is a little bit stronger, and and it is an offensive league now, so that's another thing, too. You probably aren't going to be as good or as smart, I think. Yeah. Oh, God. So, Zimmer, though, like, um, he's always been very, like, blunt with the media. I'm pretty sure sh- uh, he called uh, Bobby Petrino a gutless motherfucker. <laughs> that was when Zimmer was on the Falcons' uh, staff, so... Absolutely no one likes Bobby Petrino, and that carries through to Mike Zimmer. So um, he's just always been very blunt. I don't always love him. I think he's kind of... I think he just has, like, terminal football brain. But watching him lose his fucking mind over his team not getting vaccinated has been just a delight. Like, he's the one who has to deal with Kirk Cousins saying that he would rather, like, wrap himself in ten feet of bubble wrap than, like, get a fucking shot. (laughs) And, uh, like, the Vikings, I believe, have the lowest vaccination rate in the league. Or at least um, they did whenever I whenever I read that story, like, a few days ago. I think I saw the number was 65%. Whereas, like, the Seahawks are at, what, 100% or, like, 99% or something like that. Most teams are, like, up above that. The Vikings have a whole bunch of star players um, who refuse to get vaccinated. Uh, I would never guess that, like, SJW Mike Zimmer would be a plot arc yeah. that we would have here but it rocks frankly i don't know how much longer he's gonna have that job i think he might just like burn it down this season and go full scorched earth yeah um and i i i will be thrilled to watch that play out however it plays out yeah okay so i just googled it and i think it and the vikings are at 70 percent. while i think the league is at 90 so yeah excellent as far as i know i think it's documented that like none of the viking star players like none of them have gotten have gotten jabbed it's just like yeah like i guess the one thing that could make someone like mike zimmer take like covid and like vaccinations seriously yeah. uh is like the prospect of having to start jake browning like that's what would do it <laughs> which like fair i think other than that uh everyone on twitter has fallen in love with dan campbell you mean which you is mean, funny because yeah i was gonna say you mean the guy who um said that like he wants his team to like bite the other team's leg off like that guy. yeah I love um that. 
Dan Campbell was notable previously for being the interim coach of the Miami Dolphins and um, coming in in October and having his players run fucking Oklahoma in October. <laughs> like, what the... Oh, just absolute, just rocks for brains. Somehow gets a six-year contract to coach. I think I would... I think I'm safe to call the Lions the most cursed NFL team oh, yeah. in the league. Oh yeah, I think teams like the Browns might give them a, like might give them a run for their money, but I think the Lions' vibes are just putrid. Yeah, their roster this year is a nightmare. Matt Patricia left that place like a smoking ruin. They're going to be trotting out Quintez Cephas, uh, Tyrell Williams, and Brashad Perriman at wide receiver, catching passes from Jared uh, Goff. Jared Goff. God, but Dan Campbell, his antics are going to make it all worth it. And frankly, like. The video that went around of him doing up-downs, like, <laughs> with his team during warm-ups, both Katie and I have played, and I can tell you that, like, that, sh- that like, that whatever... Shit, yeah, that shit is, um, yeah, that shit will wear you out very quickly. Yeah, and, like, not only that, but, like, whatever remains of, like, my football player brain sees that and goes, like, I want to die for him. Yeah. Like... Because usually what happens is the coaches, they trot around, they don't do anything. But, you know, you have a coach that gets in there and does it with you. I mean, you respect him a little bit more. I mean, that's just how it goes. Yeah. If my coach had ever done anything like that, I would have followed him to hell. Like, just... Absolutely. Incredible. And obviously, it's all performative. It's all fucking PR bullshit. Um... But your little puppy but, brain still buys into it, though. Like that's very exactly. Yeah. Obviously, the kneecap biter press conference is is just like, I I have shown that to friends of mine who know nothing about football, and they have like cherished it like just as much as I have. Oh yeah. Uh, because it's just like pure universal derangement. Like anyone can watch that. Well, just I like, mean, wow. It's also very much. It's something you would expect from a guy who has like two fucking a day with like I think like a double shot and he has like he consumes like eight, double shot in each yes he consumes like 820 milligrams of caffeine a day when I think the the safe limit is 400 his his heart is going to explode by the time we get to December like like that's yeah. that's where we're at well that and Jared Goff he, throwing interceptions he is going to coach the Lions to the most impressive 7 and 10 season you've ever seen and then he's gonna like die, <laughs> just like on the field after the last game of the season, after getting Jared Goff to seven wins and like the most putrid team in the NFL. Just he's like, and then they'll I, and then they'll build a statue of him outside Ford Field for that because they're like, well, he could which he could have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> he had gone for another two or three years. Which I have I have like totally come around. Like when that hire happened, I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. And, like, it is still ridiculous, let me be clear, like, that he got that job and that, like, I mean, I didn't want Eric Bieniemy to take the Lions job because it sucks. Yeah. Let me be clear, like, I want him to take a good job because I want him to thrive. But, like, just that the process, the NFL hiring process is such that that guy can get a head coaching job, but also, like, I know that players are, are just gonna love his whole shit. Like... Oh, Yeah. Especially after, like, especially after Matt Patricia, who is, like, the fakest motherfucker. Like, just uh, absolutely, like, nothing behind the eyes yeah. there with that guy. Yeah. He comes in, and he tries to do, like, Belichick shit, except he has, like, 
no track record. Like that's no tra- that's like really yeah no the thing no track record and well I was well it was gonna be a little bit mean but I was just gonna say like well you know he looks like a guy who has like Dorito crumbs in his beard like you can't like you can't take coaching from a guy like that. Matt Patricia's hot. I'm just putting that onto the record. Um, sorry that you know that about me now, Katie, oh and everyone my. who's listening. Sorry that you know that about me. I, um, I can't. I can't express the words of my disappointment. <laughs> like, like I did not. I did not choose to be attracted to men, but here I am. I mean, um, uh, it's, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> so like, players buy into the rah rah shit if coaches are willing to back it up. And that can either be, like, if you're, like, anyone who goes to Bill Belichick, like, Bill Belichick's gonna do his, like, rah-rah nonsense, and he's gonna make you work like hell, but he's Bill Belichick. Yeah. Like, he has six rings. Anyone's gonna buy into that. But, like, when Joe Judge and Matt Patricia both obviously spent a lot of time with Bill, when they try that shit, players are like, you're just some guy. Yeah, like, you like, can't... you're just some dude. You can't do that sort of thing. Like, it's sort of like how... When someone, when I heard, first heard about the Joe Judge stuff, my brain like immediately went to like Nick Saban with the Dolphins because he would just do like shit where he'd make players cry and like he would do like this, you know, macho authoritarian shit and like it didn't work. Like the NFL is just so totally different. You can't treat people like that unless, unless you're someone like Bill Parcells or you know Bill Belichick, someone who is truly a special football coach. You just can't treat people. That, like, and like, I think that the smart Belichick uh, acolytes, which now that I say that, Brian Flores is that it uh, in Miami? Yeah, that's about. Like, I'm trying to think of another one. That's about it. I mean, because the ones I can think of are Charlie Wise, Romeo Cornell, uh, Patricia, yeah, McDaniel's, yeah. Like that's you're not dealing with a lot of success from that tree. No, and like, and also this is just because like Brian Flores is like a cool guy, and like people respect cool guys. Yeah, like. He just, like, he just kind of, like, if you listen to him speak, if you watch him coach, like, you just, like, immediately see how much everyone respects him. Like, it's clear that he's worked for his players' respect and that even though he's, like, probably, I doubt that he's doing Joe Judge shit, but, like, yeah. given his Belichick background and the fact that he was, like, a linebacker's coach, like, he's he's probably pretty tough. Yeah. You can tell that people respect him. And, like, Dan Campbell is the idiot who made like professional athletes run Oklahoma drills in the middle of the season but he does up downs and you can tell that he's like so genuine with it yeah like that's what I think really really like it's not just an act. Me to the guy. yeah like it's not just a knack like that's just how he is like you know he might have a terminal case of football brain but if you're a football player you can buy into that if a guy is willing to you know if a guy seems genuine I think football players are very good at discerning when guys are just doing it as an act, when they're just trying to get respect, and when it's a genuine, you know, when it's just a genuine part of the coaching philosophy. I think you can tell pretty pretty easily and pretty immediately with that, and I think that's what makes Dan Campbell, that's what sets him apart from all the other guys, I think, who are in that same kind of sphere. The guy... Hat like on his like nameplate, it says head coach slash the dude. <laughs> he is like the most unironic person alive. Like maybe genuinely, if he was born in a different time and he like didn't grow up with sports, I think he'd be like some sort of like 
Reddit moderator or like <laughs> oh something. Like, like, because he's just like boundless, earnest energy. Like, I, it's, it's, it's refreshing. so wild to me. Yeah, it's very refreshing yeah. in a league that is very curated and very media, you know, media conscious. Yes. Well, shit. Uh, I don't know if we have any other NFL thoughts. Uh, it's, it's early. Well, actually, you know what? Never mind. Uh, breaking fucking news bulletin. Did you see that Sam Ellinger got got first team reps? I did. With the Colts I, I did. Apparently, I was reading the I was reading one of the tweets. I think he went like four of nine, and then they immediately switched back to Eason. Or yeah, or no wait, Fromm. Eason. Eason. Okay, there we go. Jake Fromm is hanging out with Josh Allen and Mitch Trubinsky up here. Nice. You know what? It's so weird because like I don't follow NFL offseason news that much, but I totally forgot that Fromm was you know up there in Buffalo, which. Now that I think about it, kind of a culture difference between it and Athens, Georgia, which... Do you know, and granted, you don't, so I'm setting you up for a surprise because there's no way you know this, uh, but do you know who the uh, who the former third-round pick, uh, who is the Bills QB4, um, who is, like, universally beloved and is almost sort of a, like, player coach... Please tell up me. Up here right now. Please tell me. Davis Webb. Oh, oh my fucking da- god. The guy from Texas Tech. Like, yeah. Yeah. Texas Tech, Cal. Uh, the guy who made Baker Mayfield transfer. <laughs> yeah. He... I don't know why he, I remember him as a Texas Tech guy when, yeah, he made he made his name at Cal, I think. I feel like I remember him at Texas Tech specifically because he and Baker were teammates and he yeah. made Baker transfer. But, like, just that, like, the... That, like, the Bills quarterback room right now is just, like... This is what I love about like following college football and the NFL is because yeah. is because you get these like wild combinations of like oh hey that guy like the Bills quarterback room is Josh Allen the Wyoming quarterback who was not <laughs> good in college Mitch Trubisky of all fucking people is hanging out there now and then it's Jake Fromm and Davis Webb like it, it's like such like a weird yeah like, mix yeah of, if you like, had, guys yeah I was gonna say like if you had asked me to be like what do those four people have in common i'd be like i probably couldn't tell you because like i would pro- well, uh, I, I probably would have guessed you know they're all bills quarterbacks because you know it uh it is yeah um sam ellinger getting first team snaps with the colts is like very in that vein in terms of like i loved sam ellinger in college yeah because he would he like he would have these like ridiculous games for Texas where like he would do nothing passing relative. Yeah, you know, they ran like a lot of like they ran a lot of like gap scheme run plays like specifically designed for him and it was the weirdest offense I've ever seen. Like that was so that was the fun thing about Texas aside from the fact that they have all these resources and can't do anything. But go on. <laughs> I'm very excited to see Texas bring those resources to the uh, WAC, uh, along with Oklahoma. Sam Ellinger, I'm not sure why, just like, in terms of like, beloved college football characters getting nine practice reps, and just, nope, never mind, you're going back. (laughs) Like, I I would love to see Sam start a game against the Texans, and just complete 42% of his passes, and have like, three rushing touchdowns. 
Like I need that so much. And then and they I need win them to beat the Texans that way. And then and then they win by like some like weird ridiculous score, like twenty three to eighteen or something like that. That is exactly what the twenty twenty one Texans are gonna give you. Poor Tyrod. <laughs> Run away, Tyrod. Get away from there. Um This is a this is a pro Tyrod Taylor podcast, let it be known. And I'm happy to see him get the opportunity to start some games this year, but good lord. He has to start it for a team coached by Madden-generated coach. Um, <laughs> okay, here's good trivia that, that you might also not know the answer to. Do you know who the Texans' defensive coordinator is? Oh, God. I don't know that, actually. It's a former Big Ten coach. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, please just tell me so I can groan. Lovey. Okay, okay. So... That's like... So, it's weird... I'm not going to say it's not weird, but... Just saying, uh, Lovey heard that um, that two high safety coverages are, like, in right now, and... <laughs> and he sprinted back. Of course he did. It's the uh, brand new, reduxed Tampa 2, uh, built to defend Kyle Shanahan concepts somehow. Uh, making it happen out here. Good for you, Lovey. Collect the bag. I think we've, uh, I think we've talked about football just as much as it deserves right now. Yeah, I... Yeah, I can't really think of anything else I'd want to talk about because there's nothing going on. Like, I hate this time of year because, like, you get, like, um, you get, like, a little essence of football, but you don't get the whole thing. And it's very frustrating because you know it's just around the corner, but, like, you can't take any more of these fucking practice reports, like, ten days into the year. Like, it's just... Wake me up when the season starts. That's how I feel. Yeah, um... So, uh, by the time next week rolls around, we'll have some preseason to talk about. Maybe something fun will happen. And if not, yeah, we're going to start uh, talking about uh, the upcoming football season. I think we're going to try and throw together some preview stuff, talk about the NFL, talk about some college football. So that was uh, that was episode one of the Tuck Roll, a football podcast. You can find me, uh, if you're so inclined, at, at DirtbagQueer on Twitter if you want to see my shit posts. How about you, Katie? You can find me at Kates of Heaven and absolutely nowhere else. All right. Excellent. And you can follow the show's Twitter account at TuckRulePod. Uh, we're going to figure out what we're going to do there. I like making really, like, evil-looking graphics. Yeah, like, um, see, the thing is, Victoria is, like, way better at the social media stuff than I am. So, like, anything you see on that account, it will mostly be from her. Because I'll just... I will probably end up tweeting out some stupid joke like, Sam Ellinger eats Bussy for dinner or something like that. 